This is Mary Mayweather, and I would like to welcome you to the author arena where we give you the tools to give your author career a fighting chance. I'm here with Patty and Fatima. Hi, guys. And I'm really excited. Can I tell you why? Tell us why. why. I was at a seminar with an editor, and I've been in this thing for five years, and the things that this woman told me blew my mind in a good way. Ooh. What kind of seminar? What yeah, did she tell you? Well, um, the, she told me a lot of things, but the big takeaway, the kapow moment was flow. And stories have a flow. Stories have a structure. And I nailed it with my short stories. But you get to the larger pieces and, you're, and, and it goes wonky. And she was saying at 50%, your character thinks they got what they were looking for. And then it falls apart. And she went on to explain act one, 2A, the middle of 2A and 2B is where the character thinks they got it, 2B, and then act three. And it's totally reconfigured how I structure my stories. And it just got me to thinking, got us to thinking, editors are a wonderful thing if you have the right one. How do you find the right one? That's the question. That's the question. I can't, uh, I can't complain because I think I, well, I know I have the right one. <laughs> How do you know, Patty? But because she makes me feel horrible about my writing. <laughs> <laughs> and that, does that mean I'm the perfect editor? Because I always feel horrible about my writing. <laughs> uh, no, I, I have to say I'm very fortunate to have the editor that I have and she she's very direct and doesn't pull any punches and I know a lot of authors like to uh, what's the way I've worked with editors in the past who've been softer and gentler and beat about the bush with me and I understand that some authors need that and that's fine but that's not what I need I needed someone who goes okay this is wrong that's wrong and doesn't sort of beat about the bush. So I suppose it's all, all also about finding the right author for you because the right author for you might be might not be the right author for someone else. Um, but yeah, how, how do you find the right author? That is a good question. How um, do you find me. the right editor? Or, sorry, the right editor, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, it could be trial and error. It could be you're just lucky and you find the right one. What do you guys think? I think you should have a system. So how do you, so there's elements in how do you find them? So basically what resources do you use to find the editor and how do you gauge that this is actually a person with a proper background to edit and not somebody just calling themselves an editor? Because I could get online and, you know, call myself an editor and just add commas here and word usage, like change those words and, and say, voila, I've done it, you know? So I think set a standard. So Mary, what would you suggest? I actually have a story to corroborate what you're saying. And this is the, ta- and the, the series I'm rebranding actually was an edit- this editor's story. And so when I first came into the indie scene, Shy, didn't know who to ask. I went to Fiverr and the person's name was Julie from Texas because I wanted an editor from the United States. 
Julie from Texas and she did notice a couple of things. Like I started all my sentences with and I was in an and phase. Well, she would return my things and you know how Microsoft Word has tracking. I would have thousands of things tracked. Well, I thought, wow, Julie's doing a great job. Julie was not doing a great job. That was number one. Number two, when I went back to follow up with Julie, Julie's profile picture changed and it was a man from Nigeria. And then I went back to the edits. And when Microsoft does tracking changes, what Julie had done is she would use a debt. He, she, I don't know, would use a dash at the end of every line and then delete the dash. So every one of those dashes came through in my Microsoft tracking as a correction. So Julie did not make thousands of corrections or comments. Julie was just marking up my doc, my manuscript. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's why you want to, that's something to look out for. And I'm not the only person that's fallen into that. And um, I like, it's a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. My next editor, I did get from Fiverr also because I was shy. She has an authentic website. She actually pulled off of Fiverr when she had enough clients. She's in a Facebook group. I, I'm i friends with her on Facebook. We chat back and forth. She, if she didn't understand something in my manuscript, and this is originally why I wanted the American, was I'm very rural and I'm writing about Montana, which is like a different world within itself. She actually Googled things that I had written to make sure that I was correct with what I was trying to portray. And she gave a lot more suggestions, like stylistic suggestions. So my question is, um, for the first Fiverr one, did you Mm -hmm. send them a sample? So sometimes one way of um, checking if an editor is the right fit is to send them some... A lot of editors, most of them, will do a sample edit just to so they can get an idea of what your writing is like, and then you can get an idea of what their kind of feedback is like. And of course, uh, the faults are that they'll do a great job on the sample edit, and maybe they won't when you actually, you know, hire them. But sometimes that's a good way of, you know, that's the first checkpoint to see if you're a good match. And people listening listen to what she said, because I did not know that in 2016. And so (laughs) I gave all 50,000 words. And then sometimes it's a good idea. Like you can tell um, if an editor is, you know, um, experienced, they usually ask you for a sample that's further in, in the work, because they'll know that you may have spent more time perfecting that first chapter. So the first chapter might be cleaner than something within the work. I have never been disappointed with any of my editors. And I put that down to either, it could be a combination of dumb luck um, um, or um, getting recommendations from other authors who have used those editors and were very happy with their services. And I think that's probably the biggest part. You know, they, I, I've reached out to other authors who who were in the same genre and it used an, uh, an editor in that genre. We're very happy to recommend someone. And like every time 
uh, it, it has come through and I have been happy with it. So another thing that some people might want to consider if they're reaching out and looking around for an editor is just ask around authors you already know who have used editors and see which ones work for them. Can I add a caveat to that? Mm -hmm. I would, in addition to asking author friends uh, for their editor, I would actually pick up one of their books and go through it. And if it's well edited, that's when I would ask, you know, if, mm -hmm. because sometimes it's like you said, blind luck that mm -hmm. they're just, they write clean and their, their prose is, you know, really good. Um, but sometimes it's the ed editor that helps elevate the work. Mm -hmm. So that's when you want to see who the editor is and if they can do the same for your stuff. Yeah. I should probably have said a successful fellow author. <laughs> 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 and then another thing to add to that is sometimes the book needs more than one edit True, because I don't like a lot of description unless it's well-written. And so I tended to avoid description because I didn't want to be that author. And so a lot of times the editor was pushing me back in that direction. Well, when you're pushing Back in that direction, you need another editor that to look at structure versus so another. Let's, sorry, let's talk about the types of edits. What types of editors do, can you think of, Mary? There's developmental, content, line, and proofreader, right? Yeah. And when I have my thoughts on when you should use a developmental editor. What are your thoughts, Patty? Oh, I was going to ask you guys first, but well, I find that I don't think you need to use a developmental editor for every book in every in your series. No, I'm not speaking for every author because some authors maybe they do need a developmental editor to do that over and over again. But I think if you're willing to put in a lot of the work and learn from that developmental editor who who does that first book in a series and provides really valuable insights and notes on your writing. And you can, and, and you're the kind of person who can absorb that and carry that into the next book of the series. Then you probably don't need a developmental editor for every book. You know, you may need them for the first or second, or especially when you're starting out. Like the first thing I did when I wrote my first book was I went and got a developmental editor, and she did a fantastic job on the first book, and it highlighted to me that I had a huge deficit in my writing ability <laughs> and that I had a, a long road ahead of me in terms of developing as an author. And that was really valuable. And it made me take a step back and work on my craft and all those bits and pieces for a while before going ahead with publishing. Then later on, I got comfortable with doing the development stuff and understanding story structure and, you know, three act versus four act and, you know, all the different points and uh, and flow and stuff like that. So that was okay. But like, especially if you're starting out as an author, I would recommend that you do get a developmental editor, um, especially for the first book, uh, because I think the lessons you can learn from that will be invaluable. I need to correct myself. Copy edit, not content edit. That would bug me. Sorry. <laughs> what I about copy you guys? edited myself. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Fatima, what level of editor do you prefer to start with? So basically, I have tried, I've worked with a developmental editor. 
And while I appreciate what they do, I agree with Paddy. They're not for every book. They might be useful in... I would personally use a developmental editor for a book one in the series to set the tone. And I would use a line editor for the rest and proofreader. But in general, I think all editors are valuable. Um, You just need to learn what kind of editor you need. Some people don't need, you know, a heavy hand when it comes to editing. The problem is that sometimes we cannot, because like we're in this, so we don't have that right perspective. (laughs) And people are either, you know, in denial (laughs) about needing (laughs) the edits that they need, or they beat themselves up and they don't realize, you know, how good the writing is. So I think having that balance is important and knowing, like being, understanding yourself and your writing and being honest with yourself. I think that's the challenging part because at the end of the day, the editor can suggest a lot of things, but you as the author has to accept them. And if you accept them, then, you know, this is your work. These are your words and you, your voice can be changed if the editor is the wrong person for the job the vision you had for the book could alter, which again might be make you unhappy down the line. So it's, it's a tricky balance to stay true to yourself and the work and find the right editor for the job. So you could find a really great editor, but the, that great editor might not be the right editor for every book series you know down the line Mm -hmm. so I think it's really tricky and I think you need to really consider like there has to be a lot of thought and intention behind hiring an editor and it shouldn't be just a I'll grab whoever is available and you know I'll I'll say my book is edited yeah or you end up with Julie on Fiverr (laughs) (laughs) don't be shy don't be shy readers because that's or authors because that's what I that was my and that was ultimately it. I was afraid to ask for help. But Mary, it's a lesson mm-hmm. learned. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's it's not fun to go through these lessons, but ultimately, <laughs> you will mm-hmm. never forget that experience. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to others who have made that mistake, they're not all alone. Because I know of a couple of authors who that's happened to, and you're just like, okay, you can bounce back from it. Yeah. yeah, And it doesn't even have to just be someone who's shy. I mean, starting out as an author, there's so many things that you need to understand and learn and know. And, you know, just getting an editor is just another one of those things. And it could be you just go and look in the wrong place. <laughs> and you have to go through that lesson the first time around. Mm-hmm. So my recommendation to that is read. There is like, we have smartphones. Like you're holding a computer in your hand. Google it. Like put it in a search engine, how to edit, you know, my work, how to hire an editor. And don't just Mm -hmm. look at the top results, go through the pages and educate yourself and then truly understand before you jump in, because it's really easy to look for shortcuts and to look for, you know, to rely on others. But if you're relying on somebody to tell you who their editor is and their editor isn't a right fit, it'll be really Mm -hmm. easy to blame that person. So put Mm -hmm. in the work and actually search before asking. Um, I think that's the trouble I have. Like, yes, people should ask, 
But before you ask, you should understand what you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, like my current editor, I knew her for a long time before like working with her as my line editor. And I didn't know her personally. I just knew her through, you know, her work with other authors in my genre. And she would, you know, do interviews and be on podcasts. And and like every time I, I, I would like listen to her or engage with her whenever she was on these things, I would really enjoy what she had to say. So that's why I got a good feeling. And I kind of knew, oh yeah, this this person's probably going to be a right fit for me. Even though I could see in the way she did things, she probably would wouldn't be a right fit for other people <laughs> but um and then I reached out and I kind of I I, I remember writing her a really long email <laughs> it's probably I'd probably be really embarrassed to go back and read it now but it was pretty much you know almost worshiping her in a way and she she replied to me and said wow you really laid it on thick how can I say no <laughs> so it worked <laughs> but um yeah and working with her has been an absolute delight and it's I've learned like still every every time I read something new or a new suggestion or whatever you know sometimes it's, it's something silly like I, I keep making that mistake and I know she hates me for it because she's probably thinking when's he ever going to learn but there are loads of things where I do learn and I'm like oh yeah I should, you know that's really interesting I didn't know that and so it's it's a it's an ongoing relationship where if you have a good editor that works really well with you and your books I think it's some someone who it doesn't just correct your work or offer suggestions, but as someone who can teach you and someone you can learn from. Um, so there's almost like a mentor sort of role in there mm-hmm. in there as well. I don't know if that's just me or if you guys feel similar. I totally agree. I totally agree. My editor, Julie, and, and, and she would, and I loved it, the first book. You know, the characters are supposed to meet in the first chapter. Well, I don't want them to meet in the first chapter, but she's right. I would do it. And so now I do it naturally before it was forced. But then, like, again, that description problem I was talking about, it took about five books. But the fifth book, she's like, wow, your descriptions are better. Okay, that was five gold stars on the calendar that day. <laughs> Julie <laughs> noticed that I wrote better. And 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 writing so I could, like, she's not going to get me on this this time. And then, of course, she did. But that that was that relationship, the author, editor, mentor type of a thing that you're talking about, about you, Fatima. I'm just going to say one thing. My Uh-oh. editor's name is Patience. <laughs> I love all. that. That just says it all. <laughs> <laughs> I think we must have the same author. <laughs> <laughs> editor. I keep saying author. <laughs> Yeah, I need someone to edit my author word to editor. (laughs) I've worked with a lot of different editors and each one of them was brought something new to the table, helped me learn. And I think it's fascinating because there's some editors who like I, I, I had an editor who would run my manuscript through a program and just like give me a highlight of my most overused words just like here's your list fix it (laughs) I had I had one who was like two actually who were super helpful they they kept creating um style sheets and that was lovely because then you can just plug it in and just like okay you know like they, they familiarize yourself with your world and the books 
And then there's people who, it's interesting, like they will try to find out who you are as a person. So to ensure that they maintain your voice. I respect that. So everybody has a different process. And it's interesting, like what everyone brings to the table. But you can, I believe you can learn something from everybody if you keep an open mind. But <laughs> patience. <laughs> now, do you guys use beta readers? I have in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's something I want to do for this series. I use similar. I used to use them for every book. And then I kind of fell by the wayside. But not because I didn't find them valuable or don't want to use them. I actually do. It's just one of those things that I lost it kind of like slipped through my fingers, right? So mm-hmm. it's one of those things that I do have in the back of my mind where I'm thinking I do want to get back into using um, beta readers because I found that they, it wasn't all, you know, sometimes they'd point out things that, you know, maybe wasn't really an issue in my mind, but nine times out of 10, they'd give me something to think about. And often that would add value if I sort of like took their, let's say, feedback on board. And then some of them worked really well as proofreaders where they would pick up quite a few of the things the proofreader would then later on find out as well. So yeah, so I definitely want to use them again. What about yourself, Mary? I use them and I use, I use them more. It's, I do use them for a craft type of a thing, but it's more of, it's easier for me to write when I know there's someone on the other side of the page. And, and so I use them for that type of support, but every, I have one. Anything she complains about, if I don't fix it, it appears in the reviews. She was right. And so, so I, and she reads really quickly. She's a whale reader. And I have a couple of others. And these, God love these women. They were with me when these, these first books that I'm relaunching, they stuck with me despite those books. So they're, they're, tried and true, loyal. They're almost like friends now. Well, they are friends. You figure if I'm like, do you like what I have? They're friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Can I, can I ask about better beta readers? Beta, beta. Um, mm-hmm. Like when do you engage with your uh, beta readers? Because for me, and this is, this is probably like something I need to work on was I would really only want to hand it over to people once it's been through the line edits. Maybe it hasn't had the proofread right yet, right? So it's almost as good as it can be, but I still need a little bit more feedback just in case. Whereas I think there would be a lot of value in handing things over to people sooner than that, but just it's not been within me to do that because I, you know, I feel like, oh, it's handing over something that isn't good enough to people. I mean, I know you've done some similar things with your blog where you've let people mm-hmm. sort of see your earlier work. Like, mm-hmm. how do you how do you find that? I found at Christmas one time, I didn't think I was going to be able to publish a book at Christmas. And so I published it chapter at a time. And I said from the beginning, this is rough. It hasn't been through an editor. I And I write stories to make people happy. Like, I want to bring joy into their world in my quirky kind of a way. And, and so this is my whole intention. Let me know what you think. And they, and they didn't comment on the grammar or the punctuation, which is where my big snafus are because social language versus writing language. But they did comment on the story. 
And, and so now, and I do it, I can write like so many thousands of words and then I struggle. And that's why I had to pull them in. And then I give them the beginning and then I'll ask, is this enough description? Because, you know, I'm bad at it or is it too much? And they'll go, yeah, what does the dirt, you know, <laughs> they're driving where? <laughs> Awkward. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll, and then, but then there'll be a comment chain so we can see each other's comments and I'll giggle. Haha. <laughs> right. Funny. But then I'll bring them back. I'll bring the fixed things so they can see that I've taken their feedback and there's a dialogue going there too. Yeah. And you, so they're almost like alpha readers. Yeah. They, they get the, the first, the first taste. Um, and you say there's a comment chain. So you use word for them. It just a word document goes back and forth or around. Um, I have a Facebook group and my Facebook group is really small. I know other authors like to use Facebook groups for big interaction and I'm not a big interaction person. And so it's 70 people is max and half of them are my family. So, <laughs> um, and then that's when you can see the comment chains. Okay. I get you. So comment chains and the, the posts on the Facebook mm -hmm. group. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then I can just upload the file to Facebook and then I'll put a little pretty graphic. So it looks like it's a ebook and then I'll do a, a post in Facebook. There's a new chapter up. Tell me what you think. And then taking notes and it's fun. What do you think of this character's name? He sounds ugly. <laughs> <laughs> They've never said that. <laughs> but, and they did throw me off once because I, I'm like, what do you think this name is? And the guy's name is Conrad. And they put um, Tom Brady's picture up. And so I was writing with Tom Brady's picture and I got stuck. And finally it dawned on me. I haven't told them this. So if any of you guys are listening, sorry. Uh, it was Tim Tebow. My character is more like Tim Tebow, not Tom Brady. <laughs> so once I figured that out, I could go back to writing. <laughs> so it, it was fun. Yeah, that's really good. I think mm -hmm. beta, beta readers are really valuable. Um, I think what about proofreading then? So what do you guys do in terms of how many proofreaders do you use? Is it just the one? Is it Do you do several rounds of proofreading? Because... I find that one proofreader, no matter how good and professional and experienced they are, they're not going to catch everything. I mean, they may, they may catch almost everything, but I find that there's always like a few things that still make it through. And that's no reflection. It's not a bad reflection on any of my proofreaders by any stretch. It's just the way it is, right? When you become so familiar with words, your brain just automatically, you know, fills in the gaps, which is why as, reader, as, as authors, you need proofreaders. So... What do you guys do to get around that? I've actually never used proofreaders. I've only used beta readers, and they've usually picked up everything. I have used proofreaders, but then I also, and this gives me a headache, and it takes about six hours, I read my book backwards, and then I catch several mistakes because then it disconnects the reading to understand and to reading for grammar and punctuation. What do you mean you read it backwards, like sentence by sentence? So I'll start at page 251, bottom line, sentence up, sentence up, sentence up, sentence up. So I'm only reading the sentence for the grammar and punctuation. But do you read the sentence from the start of the sentence or the end of the sentence? 
Oh, from the start of the sentence. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought thought you were committing. (laughs) (laughs) Going all the way. Wow. I'm not surprised it gives you a headache. Just yeah. just hearing about it gives me yeah. a headache. <laughs> I'm just like, nope, that's not happening. I find... I, oh, sorry, go ahead. I put it on my Kindle and I read it on my Kindle and that helps me actually make sure the flow is correct. That helps me catch little things. Sorry, Fatty. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, like, that's a really good tool. And, and something else that I do is, um, as another tool, is have whatever program you're using for word processing read it back to you you know just because it's someone else's voice even if it's like a computer generated voice it's, it's not you, your your internal voice reading it to you it's something external and because you're reading along and you see the cursor moving with it often i pick out a whole pile of things that i'd miss myself i should try that i just have such an aversion to audio that i don't know if that would work for me you know what you have just inspired fatima Oh my gosh, I am so excited. What? <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, oh my gosh, this is a and Mary moment. Okay, but I know like you can put your book on Kindle. I just learned how to put my own book on Kindle. Do you know Alexa will read anything that's on your Kindle? I don't like Alexa or Siri. I am not friends with either one of them and I don't allow them into my life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay, she and I are BFFs. She asks me how I like what I bought last week, and we talk about it. So, yeah, they're not allowed <laughs> any place I'm at. <laughs> so, I think I'm going to have Alexa read a book to me. That'll be and nice. She's like flashing. She's like, I got Harry. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be nice. I didn't know that. You learn something new every day. Yeah, if you go to the app and you just type, read in whatever the title is it'll start reading it to you and then from there you can go to your devices and tell her to read the title and she'll do it interesting well learn something new <laughs> something i'm not going to implement but something new <laughs> i thought that was this fun this was a fun chat Thank what you. do you think it's, it's yeah. a necessary chat and if we save one person from <laughs> julie it was well worth it. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of that line from the Rocket Man movie. It wasn't me, it was Julie. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the new podcast tagline. <laughs> one final question. Okay. Do you have one for me or Patty? Do you have one for me or should I come up with a final question? I'll ask the final question. You'll ask it? Yes. Pizza, hamburger, or french fries? Pizza. Hamburger. French fries. <laughs> <laughs> you took your time there, Mary. <laughs> but I'm grateful that there aren't any tacos this week. That's <laughs> why <laughs> I took it out. <laughs> well, and, and this is also where we need to tell people. Can, I'm going to tell people the story that I messaged you guys. People, please like and follow us. My husband asked me how many followers we had. And I said, eight. And he (laughs) says to me, don't you have any friends? Don't they listen to you? And I was like, um, awkward. And then in the awkwardness, he realizes what he has said. And he's like, oh, I need to go like and follow you. (laughs) 
<laughs> so now we have nine or has he forgotten? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I know people are listening because I see the stats. So like, follow, comment, subscribe. give us some love, subscribe. I'll even say, get, Patty, if we get likes and follows, can Fatima get extra life? Is that what it is? XP. <laughs> Extra XP. <laughs> oh my God. Everybody follow today. <laughs> Subscribe really... to the channel. <laughs> for Look every... what you've done, Mary. You've created a monster. <laughs> yes. Oh. More XP. We, we got... <laughs> We're going to get you some XP, Fatima. <laughs> okay. So, so my next D&D game is Saturday. Um, come on, guys. We can do this. Get me some XP. <laughs> Get you to the next level. <laughs> well, thank you. And we will... <laughs> please subscribe for the XP. <laughs> <laughs> Bye for now. Bye. Take care.